1: Just after 1 o'clock, 106 as a matter of fact, the time here in the KSL newsroom. Uh, here's what's going on right now. In just a moment, we will be uh, connecting, uh, hopefully, with a former White House advisor who served uh, President Ronald Reagan. Why? Well, because on Saturday, Ronald Reagan's 110th birthday will take place. And uh, my good friend here at KSL News Radio, Boyd Matheson, put together a wonderful piece in the Deseret News, where he reached out to those who have had either direct contact or had profound uh, uh, impact by uh, former President Ronald Reagan. And uh, the the write-up is beautiful, and the lessons learned are incredible. And uh, I think some of the lessons that could be applied for today— uh, would be pretty uh, profound and important. So when we we're able to connect with Mr. Studdard, uh, we'll move right over to that conversation. But while we have uh, a few minutes to, to chat, before we get to that, I want to share with you some more of the comments. I have uh, received a mountain of responses uh, following the question of whether or not Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, ought lose her position in the uh, in the committees to which she has been assigned, two of them, in fact. Uh, and that vote on the House floor will be coming up uh, here today in just a little bit. Uh, you know what, though? Let me, let me change course again. We, we have now uh, connected with Stephen Stuttert, again, White House advisor to President Reagan. We spoke to Mr. Stuttert, if you'll remember, not that long ago when we were uh, ramping up to the inauguration of President Joe Biden. Uh, he himself served, uh, Mr. Stuttert did, uh, as an advisor. To many inauguration committees, and was responsible for much of the uh, much of the goings on uh, in terms of bringing those about. And we learned great lessons that day, and I look forward to more lessons to be learned here today. Uh, so, first off, let me say, uh, Mr. Stutter, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Uh, tell me, as we uh, r- get closer now, I think just two days away from the uh, 110th birthday of. Ronald Reagan. Uh, how do you think if he were to look at the, the state of affairs here today, he would respond?
0: Well, first of all, let me correct one thing. Reagan would never refer to his 110th birthday. When he got to his 39th birthday, he quit counting them. And so he would say <laughs> this is the 71st anniversary of his 39th birthday.
1: I like it. Very good. Very good. <laughs> uh,
0: I I think he would be I think he'd be troubled. I think he'd be saddened. He'd be saddened uh, for the course that America seems to be on, both domestically and in the world, uh, he was very, very much that we as Americans ought to be united, and, and and we're not, and and he would be troubled by the absence of civility uh, in the public square.
1: In your uh, in your piece, which is right now published in the Deseret News uh, under the headline "Dignity, Respect, and Kindness Make America Extraordinary." You uh, assert that you uh, accompanied Ronald Reagan to all 50 states and many countries. You witnessed firsthand uh, his interactions with kings, prime ministers, popes, truckers, or cowboys, and that he treated them all with dignity. Uh, now, he would, as you just uh, explained uh, and predicted, that he'd be uh, upset with the lack of civility. What advice do you think he would give to, uh, to folks uh, who are witnessing what's going on across the country right now, not just in Washington, but, but elsewhere as we find ourselves divided?
0: Well, you know, I think he would say to us, to all of us, regardless of our partisan leanings, I think he would say, calm down uh, and come and let us reason together. Uh, I've seen him in in circumstances. I remember once we were in in the Dakotas and he met with a group of tribal leaders and, and they were very upset about an issue. In fact, they were so upset that they weren't even listening. And he just looked at them kindly and told a joke and got them to laugh. And then he said, now let's just talk here as men and women together. We all care about America. Let's find a solution. Instead of finding the differences, he focused on finding common ground and finding solutions. He he was not one of these that would be just so adamant that if he didn't get everything he wanted, then then he'd take nothing. His view was that 80 percent of the pie was better than none of the pie. And so he would really work on let's sit and reason together and let's do so with kindness and respect and courtesy and listen to what the other guy is saying.
1: Uh, That's outstanding. That's that's a wonderful anecdote. Thanks for sharing that. Let me ask you, you uh, do me this favor, characterize a bit more about what your uh, responsibilities were and in what capacity you were traveling all over the globe with President Reagan. And then uh, share with me what, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, since those days What have you applied to your own life from the lessons learned by President Reagan?
0: Well, my responsibility was it varied, varied, and it changed over the years. But it was primarily responsibility for everything he did outside of the White House itself, whether it was in the Rose Garden or Bolivia. Uh, I was responsible for what he did and where he went and uh, essentially then overseeing the execution and all the components of making that happen. Uh, I traveled about 500,000 miles a year, and I traveled with him everywhere he went to every public event. In in the year that he was shot, however, the only day that I did not accompany him was the day that he got shot, and I've always counted that as a great blessing in my life. I think the things that I've learned from him and that I've tried to apply in the years since is a lesson I learned on his very first foreign trip. He'd been in office just a few days, and he went to Canada, and he went purposely to meet with our closest ally, the prime minister of Canada, and those two didn't agree on anything. And President Reagan said before he went into this luncheon, he said, I'm not coming out until we're in agreement. And so after the luncheon was over, the president and the prime minister, who was then Prime Minister Trudeau's father, they went outside and sat in the backyard on the patio and talked. And then they began to share their common interest in poetry, Robert Service poems, The Mm -hmm. Battle of Dan McGrew and other poems like that. And they sat up there and talked for an hour, and then they came out and met with the press. And they were smiling and happy, and they announced that they were in agreement. And someone said, what is the agreement? And Reagan said, "Uh, we have agreed to disagree. But he couched it, and he got Trudeau to couch it, that they were in agreement. And that was his style. Not to come out and say we're in disagreement, but we're in agreement.
1: Sure. Uh, Lastly, before I let you go, in this piece that you have published in the Deseret News, again, under the headline, Dignity, Respect, Kindness Make America Extraordinary, you make reference to uh, a day when President Reagan, after his death, was laying in repose, silent in the United States Capitol Rotunda, when uh, tens of thousands of fellow countrymen made their way through to pay their respects, uh, there was one uh, mourner in particular in Mikhail Gorbachev who uh, paid his respects and placed a hand atop the casket uh, where was lying the body of uh, President Reagan. Why was that moment significant?
0: To me, that is, that is the visual uh, story of the entire Reagan presidency, the downfall of the Soviet Union, the collapse of communism in all of Eastern Europe, And to see that this leader of the nation that he called the evil empire, that their relationship had so progressed that they were friends, and to see the former leader of the Soviet Union walk up in the United States Capitol building by himself, respectfully, reverentially, approach the casket bearing the body of a president of the United States, draped in the American flag, and place his hand upon it was an extraordinary moment in 20th century world affairs. And then to see him bow his head, this communist, bow his head, close his eyes, utter a silent prayer, and have a tear on his face, that told the story of the Reagan presidency, at least the foreign policy story.
1: That lesson— it was an
0: incredible moment.
1: That that lesson, that imagery from June 10, 2004, uh, is, is incredibly significant and contained within it, as you've just explained, are a wealth of lessons that we could uh, apply to— Uh, The way we're doing things here today, if they were able to in this moment, uh, you know, figuratively and literally come together, uh, we ought to be able to do something similar. Uh, Listen, I'd love to speak with you all afternoon here, but time has expired. Uh, But my thanks again to you, Stephen Studdart, former White House advisor to President Ronald Reagan. Sir, thanks again for your insights and your stories uh, and the lessons you've shared with us today. You're very welcome. Alrighty, We're gonna take a break right now. And there is if you look at comparing the conversation we've just had uh, to the way things are today. If you look at the division in the House of Representatives right now, specifically within the Republican Party, when this vote is cast regarding uh, this representative Taylor Green, we don't know how Republicans are going to vote. Is there too much division? Is there division amongst the Republican Party?